Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You are listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. This podcast was created for entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, digital marketing tips, personal development resources, and a nice dose of comic relief. Now for your host, Jason Wright. What's going on, everybody? Jason Wright here. Welcome to another episode of the show. Uh, I've got a great guest with me this week. Uh, I've got Tom Poland, and we will jump into that conversation here in a few minutes, and I promise you will enjoy that and find a great deal of value there. Actually, my conversation with Tom got me thinking about a number of things in my own business, and, you know, one thing I was going to talk to you about briefly now is, um, you know, client retention. You know, once upon a time in the, the corporate world, I, I worked in um, ad sales, so selling ads, and basically we would sell ads, and then as soon as we got the payment and everything went through, we would pass that client off to an account manager. Uh, they would stay with the account manager for a year. Then they would go to another account manager that was like a multi-year account manager. So the new client would go through three different people um, basically in just over a year. So it's kind of interesting. Um, I switched from ad sales over to account management. And I learned that once you get people in the door, that's part of the battle. You know, everybody focuses on that. And it's important. But keeping that relationship, maintaining that relationship, and growing that relationship there's a lot of value there. Um, not only do your clients have um, friends and a network of their own, but you know the better you take care of people, the more likely they are to give you referrals and repeat business, et cetera, et cetera. There's a real goldmine there in the people that you're already working with. You just need to access it the right way. You need to take care of them, put their needs ahead of your own, and you'll be surprised at what can happen for your business. So with all that being said, my guest again today is Tom Poland. He is from Leedsology, and you guys are going to love this. Um, let's go ahead and listen to our conversation now. What is going on, everybody? Jason right here with another exciting episode of the Intentionally Inspirational Podcast. And unlike the last two weeks, I've brought a guest with me this week. I've got Tom Poland. Let me tell you what I know about Tom. is a marketing mentor, a serial entrepreneur himself, the author of Leedsology, The Science of Being in Demand and other books as well. And he's the podcast host of the Marketing the Invisible podcast. Welcome, Tom. Thanks for having me, Jason. It's a privilege to be here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I was researching a little bit and um, real curious to hear about your life when you were 24 years old, where that first business began. So tell me about that. Wow, you have done your homework. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I uh, you know, when I got out of college and did a bit of uh, tertiary study at university and so on and started uh, my illustrious career in teaching. And I really enjoyed my whole career of exactly one year. And I wanted to do some more study. And when I finished my study, I went to go back to teaching and all the positions had been snapped up. So I thought, well, you know, I don't have any kids. We don't have a mortgage. And those those years were still ahead of me. So I thought, why don't I try something a little bit different? So I started my own back way back then. It was financial planning business. I don't even know what you call it now. But I set up my office and hired a secretary and sat there and waited for the phone to ring. Guess what? It didn't ring. <laughs> it did. 
it didn't ring. <laughs> and that's when I thought, well, I better, I better learn how to generate some leads here. And that really, you know, that's, that's a long time ago. We're talking close on, gee, close on 40 years ago now. Uh, so, so that was the, the genesis of my business today, which of course is all about lead generation. But through all the trials and tribulations, one thing remained a constant and that it was that if there was a flow of high quality leads coming in, the rest of my life was pretty sweet. Absolutely. You know, you said something there that I hear this all the time and I'm sure you do as well. I'm positive that you do, but doesn't it drive you nuts when people say, if you build it, they will come like that's so off base. Yeah. Like if you can, if you can build the world's first, first smartphone, that will happen. Yep. But, but otherwise, you know, as, uh, who was it? Uh, Harvey Mackay used to say, you know, the, the, I, I almost quote him word for word cause it's stuck in my brain about 35 years ago when he said it, he said, People think that if you build a better mousetrap, the world will be the path to your door. The hell it will. It's the marketing that makes the difference. Absolutely. And what's interesting to be about marketing is, you know, like entrepreneurship, it's such a, a broad term. And I always ask people to tell me at the beginning of the show, tell me about your story. That's for more my entertainment, my interest in anything. It's just everybody's got a different path. And, you know, marketing is very similar. There's When you say marketing, it means so many different things to so many people. Um, what do you, what do you see most startups or even seasoned folks doing wrong that keeps them struggling with the lead generation and you can run any way you want to with that. Right. Okay. Well, well, the, the, I guess the biggest thing is they don't do any, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the number one center marketing. Someone once said the number one center marketing is being boring. I, I would say it's probably number two, but number one would be not doing any, you know, even the worst marketing is better than no marketing. Mm -hmm. But what happens when people start marketing they're doing some and they haven't got their strategy right, then they don't get any results. And and the, the core part of strategy is this message that gets cut through and motivates people to want to know more. So if people don't have a message that, that gets cut through, if they're sounding the same as everyone else in the industry is sounding, you know, let's take a business coach, you know, just about every business coach is saying, we'll help you increase your revenue and we'll give you more free time. Mm-hmm. So if you're a business coach and that's what you're saying, well, you know, newsflash, pretty much every second website saying the same thing doesn't get cut through anymore. I started using that in 1995. It got cut through. You know, we'll, we'll double your sales and we'll increase your, your holiday time by foretold. That got cut through. It doesn't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, that, I think that's, that's, that's the biggest issue that most people are going to suffer from is they've got to get their message right. It's got to get cut through. It's got to motivate people to want to know more. So if it's going to do that, first of all, it has to be different, right? Uh, secondly, it has to be benefit rich. Uh, and thirdly, it should ideally contain some specifics because specifics get the cut through and they increase desirability and believability. So when you're saying cut through, you're meaning like getting people's attention, that type of thing, right? Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Exactly. And most most people's marketing messages, and for a marketing message, I mean, the title of a book is a marketing message, the title of a, an event you're running is a marketing message. If you have a title on a Facebook message, there's a marketing message. Uh, sorry, Facebook advertisement, there's a marketing message. So we're talking about that title or that central thing that you're promoting as your value proposition. This is why you should set up and take notice and take action. That's the marketing message. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe I'll give you – can I give you a real quick example just to put some flesh on those bones? Okay. So Max Max is a client that develops point-of-sale software for QSRs. That's what they call them in the trade, quick service restaurants. We know them as fast food outlets like McDonald's, Burger King. Okay. So if you ask Max, well, Max, what do you do for a living? 
uh, prior to working on his marketing message, he would have said something like, um, well, we, we develop point of sale software for QSRs. And now if an owner of five McDonald's outlets had said to him, Max, what do you do for a living? And he said that, then her eyes would glaze over because she would think, oh, God, the last thing I need is more software. I've already got software. But when we worked on a marketing mix and we made it benefit rich and we differentiated it, we put specifics in there. When he was asked what he does for a living, and this could be the title of an event, it could be the title of a book, to be the title of a Facebook advertisement, he would then say, oh, funny you ask, we increased the sales in QSRs by 25% within 90 days. Now that gets the attention of someone who owns five McDonald's outlets. And note, please, there was no mention of software because the marketplace doesn't care about what I do. They only care about the benefits of what I do, and it's the same for all of us. You know, So if you say we're passionate about architecture or we're passionate about health, people don't really care what you're passionate about. You know, What they care about is the benefit for them. And this is, this is a part of human survival and thriving psychology is we, are, we, are, we are literally have it in our brains, a little thing called a reticular activating system that sits up and filters through uh, any messages that might be of benefit to us or that are potentially harmful. So we've got to get the cut through, you know, Coco Chanel, in order to be indispensable, one must be different. So you've, you've got to be different to get noticed. And you've got to be benefit rich, including specifics, to get people to take action. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of taking action, curious to hear what you say on this. So there's kind of, you know, and maybe there's more, but there, there's two views of marketing or two approaches of marketing that I hear about and see about the most. One we'll call brand awareness, which there's really no direct call to action. It may invoke curiosity mm-hmm. or allow people to see consistency, that type of thing. The other is mm-hmm. more direct response. Do you think all businesses should be paying attention to both, or what are your thoughts on those? Yeah, it's a great question because I hear uh, other marketing people say brand awareness is a complete waste of time. You've got to have a call to action. But it's done okay for Coca-Cola, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Coca-Cola, it's all brand awareness. So I would say if you've got a budget of like, I don't know, at least a million dollars a year, then you could do well off brand awareness advertising. But if you're a small business owner, and most people here would be small to medium-sized business owners, I, I, I would I would think, mm-hmm. uh, then what you want to do is you want to have three forms of marketing happening every single week. And I call this the titanium triangle. Triangle because there's three aspects to it, three sides. Mm-hmm. Titanium because it's stronger than steel and more valuable than gold. And and none of this is, is really the sort of brand awareness advertising marketing. So every single week, something should happen whereby you grow the list of email subscribers, not your LinkedIn connections, not your Facebook followers, not your Tweety, Twitter, whatever's, you know, these are actually email, <laughs> email subscribers. Now, I, you know, I do all that stuff, okay? But that's, that's the gold is an email subscriber list. That's the gold mine. So every single week you do one thing that grows your email subscriber list. Doesn't matter if it's one people or a thousand people, you do something every single week. Every single week you have a call to action. So you offer that email list something that's valuable, such as, uh, I don't know, a lunch and learn meeting, or if you're online, a webinar or, or a free guide, something. And embedded in that something is the call to action. Hey, click here if you'd like to buy, or click here if you'd like to talk to us about what we do and how we work. That's the call to action. It's a, otherwise known as a direct response marketing. 
Uh, so, and I'll give you a specific example of how we do this in our business, if that's of interest. But the third thing that you do is every single week you do something that adds value without a call to action that keeps the brand in the brain until people are ready to buy. And that's where social media comes in. That's where the tweeting and Twittering and Facebook posts and LinkedIn articles, that's where that comes in. So every single week, grow your email list. Every single week, give them a call to action in an added value context, such as a webinar or a presentation or a survey or something. And number three, every single week, do something to nurture your brand and people's brain and your emails list uh, until they're ready to buy. That's that's the complete marketing model for small business owners. Mm-hmm. But no advertising. Please don't do, don't do advertising. Unless you have a commodity item. So my specialty is with people who – have a service advice or software. So I don't work with people who have a physical thing. If you have a physical thing, then yes, paid advertising medium will work well for you if you do it right. Mm-hmm. That's very good advice. Thank you. So let me ask you, when is the right time, and maybe you answered this already, to invest in you know, lead generation or is that necessary at all? So this could be for you know, a plumber or a fitness center or a dentist or a chiropractor. Is it that million-dollar budget? Is that what you think? Do you think the – 500 bucks a month, maybe not the best use of that money, or what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, I think they can start with, with zero budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the right time to start was, you know, last week. Yep. Um, so it's what, what, so first of all, I think there's a big shift when people have, say, a fitness center or they're a plumber. And the big shift is this it's going from thinking about being a person who does what you do to being a person who markets what you do. And when people get that, when, when, you know, if I look at my business, I say, well, I have these online courses and I help people do these courses. Sure. That's what I do. But I'm a marketer of those things. That's, that's the fundamental shift that has to take place because that, that redirects your focus and then doing so will redirect how you invest your time. Uh, so in, in we the, the, the lifeblood, the oxygen supply of any business, is new leads coming in, new people walking in the door if it's a fitness center or the phone ringing with new inquiries if you're a plumber and so on. That's the lifeblood of your business. It's like oxygen to the body. You cut that off, your business dies. Mm-hmm. So we don't, want, we don't want to leave that to chance. We don't want to leave that to sort of your oxygen supply to, the, to random chance. You know, We want it to be like oxygen where it's always coming in. So that means you need to invest time in your marketing, not necessarily money. Because the, the best lead generation, talking about thinking of a different level, most people think of that lead generation is about finding your ideal clients. I, I would suggest that a higher level of thinking is to think that it's about finding the people who have your ideal clients. So, And I'm talking about what I call OPN or other people's networks. Yep. Uh, whether you're a plumber or a fitness center or a, a marketer like I am, there are – Anywhere, depending on how big your service area is, anywhere between dozens, hundreds, thousands, or tens of thousands. I have a global audience, so for me, it's tens of thousands of other people who have done a great job of building their own email subscriber list. And if you approach them and engage them uh, with what I call a godfather offer, which is basically an offer too good to say no to, uh, then they will promote your business to their email list. And that's a completely free source, and for most people, an inexhaustible supply of high-quality new leads. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's interesting because um, so this business I have has been around for 
not quite three years. And I used to only focus on making things pretty and, you know, I focused on all the stuff that didn't make many money. And once I shifted my focus and said, you know, this year it's about bringing on business, but I learned from the corporate world, it's not just about bringing on business, but it's about capitalizing that opportunity that each new high quality lead brings. And you've touched on Mm -hmm. that, the power of the relationship, you know, one person can change the complete direction or, or course of the business for anybody listening or you or I, one relationship can be that powerful. So uh, I feel like a lot of businesses lose sight of that. They they don't look at who they've already got and take care of them or communicate with them or make that extra effort. And they may miss that huge referral, that big, you know, repeat business or that promotion as well. So I think there's a lot of fundamentals that people overlook that kind of fall into all this, you know? Very true. You know, it's like the guy riding the horse that, that, that came by one day and he he says to, uh, you know, a farmer, he says, look, um, can you help me? I'm looking for my horse. And the farmer says, uh, dude, you're sitting on it. And the guy on the horse says, uh, you're just like all the others, you know, you're just telling me I don't, it's, it's, you know, and he off he goes trying to look for his horse. And very often it's, we're sitting on it. You know, very often the people that love what we do would be instrumental in connecting us to a whole, potentially a whole group of new people. So that OPN, you know, look for people who have a list, preferably an email subscriber list, uh, because we do a lot of online events that they can invite to attend your event. But if you are the plumber in the fitness center, it may simply be a matter of getting a flyer about your services distributed to that other person's network. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you've talked about growing the email list quite a bit, and I, I definitely know the value. So what are some of the uh, best ways you found to do that? So for example, is it um, a downloadable resource? Is it a webinar? Uh, what have you used from a high level that's worked well for you? A premium source for us are webinars and another little hybrid of that, which is a video conference. And the only difference between the two, the content is the same with the presentation, which is essentially we need to learn how to lead people from being open-mindedly skeptical to wanting to reach out and purchase or book a time to have a chat. But either way, it's the same content. The difference is webinars tend to have large numbers and are less engaging. The video conferences, we run them with up to eight people. Webcams are on, so it's very highly engaging. Both are the very good list builders. The The webinar is the better list builder, but from a ratio of attendees to new clients, the video conferences are better. So I, my KPIs, we run two webinars a month on the same day, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., because we've got a global audience. And that way, it doesn't matter, really matter where you are in the world, one of those times is probably going to suit you. And we run a boardroom briefing or the video conference uh, with webcams on once a week. So that is a gives us an absolutely relentless flow of new leads. And that's pretty much what I teach my clients to do is just swipe and swipe and deploy our, our model uh, and, and stick that into place. And, and it's, you know, I, I guess what I wanted to point out there is that it's the, the systematic regularity that generates the systematic and regular flow of leads. Mm-hmm. You Inconsistency in, inconsistency out. Absolutely. That applies to so many things, working out, dieting, relationships, the game of golf. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Well, well yeah, that, that's quite right. I mean, the difference is that, see, a lot of people are trying to figure out, well, what's the marketing method that's going to bring some, some, some clients in? And that's probably only half the question I would somebody suggest. What a great question is, what's the marketing that I want to do that's going to bring the clients in? Yep. Because every every single day, you know, this took me like 35 years to figure out, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, 
But but every single day, you know, what I've observed is that I wake up and I do what I want to do every single day. Some days I wake up and I do what I should do. And that difference, when you apply that to marketing, if it's a marketing method that you want to do, that you look forward to, then you will do that consistently. If it's something you think, well, I should really do that, then you won't do it inconsistently, if at all. Mm -hmm. And so your results will either be non-existent or inconsistent. So, you know, uh, in, in my world, what, what I want to do, if I wake up in the morning and it's a business day and there are meetings set up with people waiting for me where I just rock up and talk to them about, you know, what I do for a living and, and whether I want to become a client, I, I want to go to that meeting, right? That's mm -hmm. not something I have to force myself to do. So, so that's why we run the webinars, you know, on one day, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. once a month and are in the boardroom briefings once a month, um, sorry, once a week. Uh, because there are people waiting for there for me to present and and I want to talk to people who might become clients so the marketing has to tick that I want to do it box versus I should do it box otherwise you just have to face reality you won't do it consistently unless you want to do it and so if you don't want to go to business networking meetings you won't do it consistently uh, if you don't want to run online funnels you probably won't even start a little and do it consistently Mm -hmm. No, I think that's, that's really good advice and uh, good observations. You know, you're the second guest that's really got my attention with the webinars. I, I talked to a guy, it's been, man, over a year ago, but he was uh, selling software for, not traditional software for the companies, like you would think. He was selling software so companies could, like, educate their vendors on how to use the software and do better. It was, it was kind of a backwards approach to what I'd heard, but... He did so well with it that he eventually went out on his own and he was trying to figure hmm. out a way to get leads as well. And he started doing webinars and he would basically educate people on whatever I just said. I kind of butchered it because I can't quite remember it, but it became this huge inflow of, of um, leads for him. Same type of thing. It's really interesting. Right. Webinars right. is something I've always had an interest in. I've never done it. I certainly don't have any fear of the mic or the camera. You wouldn't know that since I refused to go on video with you earlier, but <laughs> um, uh, you're, you're like you're like me. You got a, I got told I got a face, a great face for radio. <laughs> but you know, once upon a time, uh, my wife and I actually sold women's clothing on Facebook Lives. I think we did like fifty hmm. or seventy last year while we were doing that. So wow, did a bunch of that, and that that's an interesting environment to do things um, on as well. But. Um, real yeah. interesting. So many people just go for the the boring ebook or something like that, but I don't, right. I don't think those it, convert it, real well. No, they don't, mate. They don't. I mean, everyone's talking about lead magnets and so on, but the, one of the best lead magnets, if if you you know, if people are interested in doing webinars, <clears throat> what we did is we tried a variation. Uh, so we used to run uh, a training webinar, right? To come along, and get some free training on lead gen, and that worked really well. And at the end, we'd have an offer, and then I noticed that. You know, people were kind of getting sick of something. It was dressed up to be something. It wasn't quite. I, and I always pride myself on delivering value. So it wasn't like it was just some sales ambush, you know. And I used to say to people, come along. There'll be some training. There'll be an offer at the end. If if you don't want to stay for the offer, that's fine. If you got what you came for, just click, you know, click goodbye and no offense will be taken sort of thing. But what we found works even better is the demo. And you mentioned software. You know, it's classic. If if you If you say to people, look, if you're interested in weight loss, for example, it's your weight loss consultant, or if you're interested in getting fit, or if you're interested in whatever, uh, come along and we will give you a live demo of how we work with clients to achieve that benefit, benefit, benefit. That works real well. So we can run 
a live lead generation demo. And what we now find is that we get people who are far more directly vested and interested in lead generation than we ever did when we just ran a free training. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's 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 phenomenally better, but it is better and it's significant. We're getting a high, when I say a high quality, what I mean is that the people who have an interest in our services after the presentation are are, are a better fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the like live that. demonstration, yeah, the live demonstration is working really well. So, and and the, also the other variation of, of, you know, the big webinar once a month, fine, it's terrific, great list builders, you know, four or 500 new subscribers into the list, new clients flowing in, it's great. But these little uh, weekly meetings with the webcams on where you've got a maximum of eight people, man, they are powerful. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, does that just kind of give them an inside look to how your company runs and that type of thing? Yeah, I suppose it does. You know, uh, we I, almost all our marketing is done through two sources. One is LinkedIn, and LinkedIn works completely the opposite to what almost everyone is is saying it works. Um, and the other are, are OPN, other people's networks. So once a month, I have four partners who invite their list to attend my webinar, and I present and pick up clients from that and grow the list. And once a week, we when we run our little video conferences, those guests are sourced from LinkedIn, and. LinkedIn's weird, you know, you'd think if you listen to everyone who markets on, almost everyone who markets on LinkedIn, they say, well, make the connection, then nurture the relationship, right? I mean, send them some out-of-value stuff, you know, maybe another message twice a week over the first 13 weeks, and then make them an offer because you built the relationship. That's BS. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, it just doesn't work like that. And the reason is simple. And that will work with an email subscriber. Because with an email subscriber, they are primarily interested in your service first and you second hmm. with linkedin it's exactly the opposite order with linkedin they're far more interested in you but not so much in your service and that's because three reasons why people join linkedin first of all recruiters join linkedin to headhunt people secondly people join linkedin to advance their careers and get noticed and to be headhunted thirdly which is my market they join LinkedIn hoping to sell something to someone, right? Mm-hmm. No one wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to join LinkedIn because I'm hoping someone's going to sell me something. You know, they're <laughs> all there. They're all there to sell something. So when I get a connection request, I know that person is more interested in me than they are my service. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn works best when you go, it's like jab, right hook. Don't worry about the second jab, the third jab, the fourth jab. It's just jab, right hook. So mm-hmm. it's connect, invite. And our invite is to an online meeting. Connect the video conference meeting. I said to connect, invite, connect, invite, connect, invite. And I have contractors do that because I, you know, it's like I'm a dog. I can bark, but I'm not a cat. I don't meow. And and that's a metaphor for saying I need someone to do the detail work yep. and, and connect requests. So two and a half percent of connection requests accept an invitation to attend an online meeting. Two and a half percent. And now I don't want to do the other 97 and a half. <laughs> you know, yep. I want a contractor to do that. Yep. So. So that's that's we so every week with the video conferences we're we're building our list a little bit but with high quality people from LinkedIn we're presenting once a week with the, with the demonstration which people find interesting and generates good leads and then once a month we're filling our webinars through other people's networks. Very nice, ton of value in this podcast. Thank you for that, by the way. It's uh, it's awesome. You're welcome. So w- let me ask you this: this kind of jumps way back, but that's kind of how my mind works. It jumps around a little bit. When you were getting rolling with your business, did you ever have a time where those leads were so slow or so non-existent you were like, "Oh man, I don't know if it's going to work." Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's it's an evolutionary process. So you got to try stuff. You know, I call it the Dow of marketing. T A O Dow. 
uh, test and observe, test and observe. I I can I can tell you right now because I just had a client uh, a client meeting with a group of clients um, and you know I said to them someone asked a question about uh, lead magnets and I said well I can tell you this uh, every nine out of every ten lead magnets I've developed did not work. I agree with you. I, I yeah I did someone's course and I paid them money and they said look you give me your money and and I'll show you how to generate leads and you do this lead magnet thing or do this video series did it all implemented. And a great big fat nothing. So I figured, well, I've got to, I've got to, you know, figure this out. Um, so in the process of figuring it out, you have a lot of failures. But what you're left with is 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 the gold, you know. So webinars didn't work so well when I first started. And I had to figure out. I mean, you know, I'm under my fourth book. Uh, the first one sold in its tens, mm-hmm. and I don't mean tens of thousands. I just mean tens. I hear you. You know. Yep. The second, the second one, ah, a little better. And I never wrote the book to sell books. I wrote the book to generate clients. But the third one, it took me three books to figure it out. And I'd done, you know, how to write the books to generate new clients courses and implemented didn't freaking well work. So I had to figure that out. So yeah, nine out of 10 of the things that I've tried either failed utterly miserably and completely to the point where I abandoned them or needed a lot of tweaking until I could get them to the point where they was, they were getting a satisfactory return on investment. I like it. Now, you've really piqued my interest. Um, <clears throat> I like the the webinar idea. I've thought about it a lot. I haven't thought about it lately, but uh, I might do something with that. Usually when I make a decision to try something, I'm starting it like that night or the next day. <laughs> Very short yeah. time to implementation, but no, this is uh, really good <laughs> stuff, and I hope people are paying attention. Uh, I'd love to get three quick tips from you just for making, your, making yourself more in demand, kind of for uh, any entrepreneur listening. Oh, good question. Well, the, the first tip is to figure out your marketing message. That's the first thing. Make sure it's benefit rich, that it contains specifics, just like the example I gave you of Max, the software yep. guy, uh, and that it's differentiated. That's the first thing. The second thing is figure out which marketing method uh, you want to actually do, that you wake up and want to think, good, I'm doing this marketing message. If you're weird and you like business networking meetings, by all means, go to them. But make sure you <laughs> check in with yourself that you actually want to do this thing. The third thing is hire a contractor from Upwork or freelancer or wherever and get that contractor uh, motivated to fill your meetings. In my case, it's meetings or motivated people to drive traffic to your website. But outsource all the stuff that you don't want to do. Look, you can pay someone in Bangladesh who's a smart person. I've got several of them. Five bucks an hour, give them five hours a week, and they'll start getting you leads. you got to do it right. And unfortunately, we don't have time to do a whole training system on this. Sure. Um, so number one, make sure your message is right. Number two, figure out the sort of lead gen that you want to do, not the ones you should do. And number three, outsource all the heavy listing to a highly qualified smart contractor for five bucks an hour. Beautiful. I like it. What do you have going on the rest of the year, Tom? Any projects or anything you're working on? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just about to take a week off and to, uh, do absolutely zero work whatsoever. And, when I come back Monday week, like it's Friday right now. So Monday week I'll come back and I'll figure that out. But I've just been coping with really, I mean, literally coping with the demand. Uh, you know, it's, it's a kind of a double edged sword when you, when you crack the demand thing, you, you switch from a low quality problem of not having enough business to a high quality problem of having too much business. So I gotta, I gotta figure out how to scale this thing to the next level. And that, <laughs> that's the next that's the balance of it. It's funny you say that. I'll just tell you, I'm kind of in the same boat, to be honest with you. Um, 
I was telling my wife, so there's a fine line between, Hey, I want more work to, Oh my God. Now what? I can't, I can't go to bed at 3 a.m. every single night because me and the team I have is maxed out. <laughs> it's tough, but I'm, I'm right. there right now with you. And it's like, I'm looking on my whiteboard, like, okay, what area can I use another body to help? And it's amazing what even five hours a week for somebody can do for you. I mean, people always say, oh, I can't, uh, I can't hire somebody full time. Why are you talking about that? Start with three to five yeah. hours. And if you fill the right void in your company, you will be blown away at what that does for you. So uh, my, my top, my top contractor, who's a secular top contractor, who says in Bangladesh, she's 23 years old. And uh, he gets five hours at five bucks an hour. He got a bonus of seven hundred and fifty dollars last month. That's eight hundred and fifty bucks for the whole month in a country where the average national monthly income is sixty eight bucks. So he's you happy. Think he's, motiv- <laughs> he's motivated. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. All right, my friend. Yep. If somebody I've listening to- would love to touch base with you, how could they get in touch with oh, you? Great question. Well, look. First of all, go to bookachatwithtom.com. Uh, book a chat with tom.com have a read of the page if you want to talk and you think it's a fit by all means otherwise go along to leadsology.guru and look for the free stuff tab leadsology.guru and look for the free stuff tab all right awesome i appreciate you coming on the show today tom thanks jason all right we are back to the show tom i thank you for your time and your expertise very enjoyable my friend if you guys want to check out the show notes for this episode you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 154 and see Tom's information and the links to his stuff there. And I don't know where you guys are at in your businesses. Um, obviously, you're all going to be in different places, but I want to share something interesting with you. So in March of this year, I quit corporate America. been running hard on my own ever since. Things are going fine. Things are going well. But I'm in a season now where I'm working harder and longer than I ever have in my life. So when I was in corporate America, I would work, you know, 40, probably 40 to 50, 55 hours a week, plus drive about 10 hours a week, plus spend every other minute I have that I was awake working on my business. I did that for two and a half years. And there were some times I was like, man, what am I doing? But I tell you here lately, working just for myself, it's been very comparable or worse. When I say worse, I just mean gas pedal to the ground, very, very, very busy, new business coming out of my ears, crazy. But you know what? I would rather die working for myself than kill myself working for somebody else. So I've got for you this week, guys. Hope you enjoy the show. We will catch up with you next week. Another awesome episode of the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Intentionally Inspirational. You can keep up with all of our new episodes on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We look forward to having you join us again next week for another great episode.